Hello, everyone. This is B.B. Peters together with Dr. Andrea Gould-Marks, and you're listening to Boom Talk Media. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today. And as many of you know, Barbara and I are in the midst of writing a book about the pathways of life, their possibilities, their moments of choice, the crossroads, and the seasons of life. We're writing with a kind of anthropological view on the life stories from a diverse group of people. And today we are delighted to have with us a terrific multifaceted woman named Anna. We've titled her story, A Moment of Choice and a Season of Change. Anna knew she was at a crossroads when her shopping center marketing business took a hit during COVID and through a heartbreaking experience with an addicted pregnant daughter, she found herself in a second motherhood. As Anna begins a new chapter of her second motherhood, as a children's book author with a newly retired husband at home, she inherits that newborn boy that might have been thrust instead into an unpredictable foster care system. We wondered where... Anna was on her pathway now, her current state of mind, and what was her longer-term perspective. We were fascinated by what she shared and how hers is a story that more than just a few senior adults may be undergoing right now. I know you made that shift from having your website and the blogs and all of that. Can Mm. you go into a little bit more detail Mm. in terms of that particular opportunity, the choice, the challenge, the what happened, even how you felt, what you were paying attention to, what feedback you were getting from the environment that helped you know that that was the right path? Really good question. My business was 23 years old and I had spent 20 of those years marketing for shopping centers. And I had about 20 shopping centers, most of which originated from one company. And they happened to be the largest outdoor shopping center company in North America. And COVID hit And they started losing some of their anchor stores and were collecting only 17% of their monthly leases. So they had to make some decisions. So COVID kind of killed us. So once they decided that we were not on the budget anymore, then we were left with just a handful of shopping centers left. And my heart really wasn't in it anymore. My heart was just kind of, you know, COVID and then George Floyd and George Floyd shut down this. A lot of the shopping centers got boarded up. And so I was spending my time watching social media to make sure that when there were riots that were held on the grounds of some of the shopping centers, that we were getting a hold of the proper authorities to make sure because people were showing up armed and, you know, vigilante style. And it was the first time that I'd heard the 
some of the terms, some of the Proud Boy terms and things like that. It was the first time I had heard those terms and, and some of the people that were involved in the vigilanteism. And it was hard. It was really hard emotionally. I was kind of, you know, after spending every single weekend for two months monitoring social media to make sure that people were okay. And there were some scary moments. I just, I, when, when they told me that we were not on the budget anymore, I was, I just thought, okay, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. And so I closed my business on October 27th of 2020. I went and got a haircut, first haircut at a salon. You know, it was actually, it was in my daughter's backyard, but with a professional. <laughs> it was my first professional haircut since COVID started. And I got a phone call that my daughter, who is an addict um, and was not, com communicates with me very sparingly still, um, was at the hospital having a baby. I had no idea. So I, I kind of thought, well, shoot. So I called up the hospital and I've been, I started keeping in touch. He was in the NICU because of withdrawal. And you hadn't spoken to her in a long time. No, I, I actually had a feeling that she was pregnant because I, my, other daughter-in-law my other my middle son had a baby like six weeks before then so I called my daughter and when that baby was born and said hey your brother just they just had a baby and um and she got really quiet and I said are you pregnant and she denied it and I said no oh, she's pregnant I know she's pregnant so I made a blanket for the baby and made a book for the baby because I'd been making books for all the grandkids, made a book for the baby and sent it to her. And she never acknowledged that she got it. So, so would that, you say oh, that that child is, is a child that you've been estranged from? Pretty much not come, not a hundred percent, but it, she's, she's pretty far into her addiction. Yeah. yeah. But basically opioids have kind of stolen her from us. So I, I kept in touch with the hospital and well, the baby was in the NICU and withdrawal and she left, she took off. I didn't talk to her for a few months after that. And the, so the hospital was not going to give him to her. They were not going to let her take him home. And they called me up and they said, would you be willing to come and get him or he'll go into foster care? or he'll go into the system. So my husband and I looked at each other and said, well, I guess I know why we retired for a day. <laughs> Me, because I was thinking I was just going to retire and that was going to be it. I was going to finally kind of turn the page and um, start something new. So I was ready to start something new, but I didn't know it was going to be raising a child. <laughs> <laughs> and so and we had been empty nesters for a whole month <laughs> for a whole month 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> we take our youngest to college. He's going to school at UCSD literally one month before the baby was born. <laughs> so we, that's how I became a mom again. And there was that intuition when you, when you called her and you said, are you pregnant? And she said, no. I mean, yeah. the intuition was like a shimmer. Mm-hmm. It feels to me like it was a shimmer that mm-hmm. let you know, like something was. Gave me the warning. Yeah. Oh, something's up. Yeah. So, so take us, yes, please take us through that process then of getting the baby and deciding and thinking about what it is that you and your husband wanted to do. And how did all that transpire? You know, he was actually the person who initiated it. I was kind of coming to the point to where, oh, wow, I'm going to be a grandma whose baby is adopted by another family. That's what I thought. And my husband was looking at me going, look at the timing, look at the serendipity of the whole thing. I mean, if you were working, if you were doing the business, you wouldn't have time for this stuff. Now, I mean, we're home. He was born in 2020, you know, we're home. And let's really give this some thought. There's a whole lot of things here that just came into place in such a serendipitous way. And he looked at me and he said, you need to start thinking about what you want what you want. And so I thought about it and I told him, I said, you know, I said, there's a couple things that I want. I said, I've always wanted to be an artist. I've always wanted to be an artist in my mind, you know, which sounds kind of like airy fairy. I said, but I've always wanted to just express myself that way and call myself an artist. And I said, and I kind of, I feel like if we don't bring him home, that is going to haunt me, that I'm going to feel like, oh, that it was going to forever haunt me. So we, he was born in Mesa and we got in the car and we went up there and, you know, 2020, so we were fully masked and it was, it was intense going into a hospital in that setting. And we took him home. We brought him home. Our family, my son and and his wife gave us car seats. Um, some Weight Watcher friends of mine from way back in the day when I was in Weight Watchers, I kept in touch with them. They all pulled money together. They got us a crib. The whole family just, I mean, we didn't have to buy clothing. We didn't have to buy anything. I mean, neighbors were stopping by with gifts. Of, oh, this was my son's toy when he was a baby. And just, it was like the whole world just came together for us and we did not feel alone. We did not feel alone. We felt like, wow, we'll look at all of this that came together in support of us. And it felt even more like it was just meant to be. You know, it's very interesting. The phrase I came across the other day and I called B because I loved it so much. And it was about detours becoming destiny. You know, so here you have this in, you know, in your mind, you're beginning to weave together this alternate path. <laughs> and then it, it broadens, you know, like you said, to use your words, you know, it will haunt me unless I bring him home. Yeah. What'd you name him? His name, he's named after my father. My father is William. So we named, and my father went by the name Billy. So we call him Billy. Yeah. 
And I must add, one of the most adorable, sweetest, gentle, darling toddlers, babies, <laughs> little boys. I mean, precious, precious, precious. Do you look at him every day and say, <laughs> how do we get so lucky to have this little spirit in our house? Absolutely. Absolutely. And he's just so funny. He's very communicative. He talks, he's started talking at a very early age. So it's almost like we have this gift of looking inside of a child's mind because he just, he says it and he's so clear about how he says it. That <laughs> and he draws people to him. He, people are drawn to him. Today we were at Whole Foods and there was this elderly woman who could barely walk, but she managed to follow him around the entire grocery store. And he's talking to her the whole time. <laughs> he called her girl. Hi, girl. How are you? <laughs> it's so, it's so adorable. I can imagine that he become fodder for your books in terms of his observations and <laughs> concepts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like a built-in. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my, that is such <laughs> destiny. It's really, truly, it's such truly destiny is. and such beautiful and heartfelt story and experience. I wanted to ask you, Anna, so how then did the development of the books that you have been creating, how did that evolve relative to time? We, we adopted him uh, a year ago, January. Yes. Okay. And then at what point in time did you start uh, developing and creating these beautiful books? The books started, I started creating them over a year ago, and it took about a year to be published. So um, it was a little bit over a year ago. It felt, I mean, I, was, I couldn't keep up with the amount of books he loved to read. I mean, we were going to the library. The first minute we brought him home, I read a book to him. And he just, I mean, he was days old. And he absolutely loved books, still does, still loves books. And so I was started making books for him. And he would, he, they were his favorite books. So I started um, kind of thinking about what, how can I develop this? So the first thing, in fact, I'll, I can show you. Yeah, please do. I've got um, something that I took out in order to bring to one, in the, one of the classrooms or probably all of the classrooms that were doing it. So I started thinking about how I love doing collages. Mm -hmm. And so I studied some of Eric Carl's methods. And he's the one who did the Very Hungry Caterpillar. And he's, he's wonderful. So I started studying his work and got tissue paper and paint and started drawing. And so the first thing that I drew and I started asking kind of I, what I was doing was I was looking for books about our area because we have a lot of wildlife out here. Yes. And um, looking for books about our area that that I could read to my grandsons. And uh, we, we have eight grandchildren now, but so, wow. and I've made books for all of them. Wow. Wow. <laughs> but um, so I thought, well, if I can't find them, then I 
maybe I should start working on them. So I made this, this is the original Mama Havelina. And if you look up close, every she's a complete collage. Collage. And she's giant, she's very big. So um, I knew she had to be smaller. <laughs> but I needed to get down the technique. And so in working with her and, and I created all of the, the little pattern pieces in order to, you know, like this is this is her head. And then I, you know, and I have little ears and and have her body, have her have her hind leg. This is her hind leg. And um, so each piece um, has its, own, you know, it's, I have a pattern. And so then I was able to take those and then I would be able to sit quietly by myself, you know, when he was napping or because the first year and a half, I was home alone taking care of him. It, it was hard. It was really hard. Because, because your husband was at work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he just retired, so he wasn't right. retired then. Right, right. And but I would ask for the stories to come, and they started coming, and they still come like one at a time, and and I kind of live in that with that animal right now. And the story that I'm getting ready to photograph the collages for is a cicada, and I just love it when the stories come. Because it's just like they just kind of take over. And it, they've been a saving grace for me. It's, it's, it's hard being a new mom. You go through the postpartum depression, even if it's adopting. And I did not prepare for that. I did not expect that. I thought, it, I thought postpartum was a hormonal thing. It makes sense, right? But I didn't realize that it's also... Maybe being in COVID, maybe it's also part of an isolation thing. Maybe also, um, you know, there there aren't very there. I know there's a lot of grandparents that are raising grandkids right now, but I don't happen to know any of them. You know, so there's that too, feeling isolated in that manner. So I feel like these animals and this were my saving grace. This episode is brought to you by Boom Talk Media. Our little books that we call Reliefletts includes the title Relief from Worrying, Small Ideas with Big Benefits for All of Us. You can find this tiny guidebook on our website. Visit boomtalkmedia.com or search on Amazon under Relief from Worrying. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think. Reach out to us through info at boomtalkmedia.com. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Boom Talk Media. This is B.B. Peters with my co-host and friendly psychologist, Dr. Andrea Goldmarks. You know, it strikes me that the postpartum 
it is almost like, you know, a reaction to such a gigantic change. I mean, you can imagine, you know, what these, what the things will actually be. This will change. That will change. This will change. But actually your whole neurology, forget even about the hormones, has to change to accommodate something as immense as a person coming yeah. into your life. As a person that is as neat, needy. At 100% dependent, you know, yes. that reminds me of something else really remarkable that happened uh, when we first got him. Um, we received donated breast milk from my daughter-in-law who just had a baby six weeks before, you know, before him and two of her friends who they donated enough breast milk through his first year. His first year, he got breast, human breast milk every single day. And I think that goes under the category of miracle. Yes. Right. <clears throat> yes. I yes. Mean, for, it's a miracle for an adopted baby, but for an entire year to be fed that way. Yeah. For his to immune be- system and all of the benefits. That, I, I'm, I'm writing down miracle. Yeah. On that one. It was, it was totally unexpected totally pretty much all of this was not planned for not expected but it it really really felt like i we would hear the term over and over again um you're doing god's work and and it felt right it felt right when we would hear that people were saying that to us people we didn't even know were saying that to us you're doing god's work and it felt that way it felt like I, I kind of feel like that's what happens when you just go with it. Just go with it. Quit fighting upstream. Quit, quit trying to go upstream and making things happen the way you think they're going to happen. I mean, my contracts with the, with the shopping malls were until March of 2023, March of the, this year. And so in my mind, I thought, you know, tie a little bow around it, finish out my contracts, and then I can retire in style. <laughs> and be the artist that you've been dreaming of. Right. But something happened to expedite that process. Right. <laughs> and, and things didn't go exactly as planned, but instead of rowing upstream, I just said, you know what? I'm just going to go with it. How does it feel to surrender? to that on an emotional level because that's what you did you surrender to yeah you know, what, what the universe had in in mind for you how did that wind up feeling to you emotionally the surrender part the surrender parts i it became a tether for me because there were still scary moments you know it's still scary to surrender, you you hope that you're making you're on the right path, but um, I would still search for feathers. Feathers to me are a sign that that I'm on the right path, that God's there, whatever's you know the universe is still. And I was and I felt like there would be another thing saying yeah, it's okay. You're on the right path. Thing. hold on there you know <laughs> that's your personal totem for a sign yeah had it, had it been so in prior years or was it that a new totem 
it had been in prior years. Yeah. But at that time it was just, you know, please show me, please show me that this is the right thing to do. Please show me because I, it felt right. But there are moments, you know, when you're up at midnight <laughs> with a three month old yes. where you're thinking, was this really the best idea? <laughs> <laughs> and and or you're crying because you're exhausted you know and that and those moments happened you know those moments did happen and and then something would happen that would bring it all back i love you know i'm just envisioning this round puzzle when you're speaking right and the puzzle pieces i don't know why around but that's what i'm seeing and then you just see those pieces, not necessarily by your doing of placing those pieces, but they just appear. And it could be a piece here, a piece there, a piece there. And the puzzle is becoming so much fuller, so much clearer. Um, So uh, your experience in your story is magnificent. We could actually write a whole book about your story. But uh, what I wanted to ask you- A grown-up book. A grown-up book. Absolutely. Absolutely. Although my sense of humor is, I think, what keeps me in children's books. (laughs) That's what I wanted to ask you. Well, two questions. One is, what age group are are your books geared towards? Two to seven. Two to seven. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how you mentioned that stories began to appear. What, where do you see yourself or where are you when that's happening? What have you been doing and what are you doing for the appearance to manifest itself? It kind of shows up when it wants to. And um, sometimes it'll be over and over and over again. Right now, I've been getting a lot of um, invitations from mountain lions. Oh. So, so I, um, and, and she, just keeps appearing. And so I, I've been kind of thinking, and, and I really, it's almost like I have to completely open up and say, okay, come on, tell me your story. Tell me your story. Um, I keep seeing a mama and two cubs and the lessons that she teaches them. And so the, and many times my stories have come as poems so, and I think that's what's kept them as children's books is to have, have them be as poems. Do I, you then uh, use poems that come to you in your books? Mm-hmm. Yes. I um, call, but I don't call them poems. I call right. them stories. Right. That's basic, when, when, whenever I've sent them to my editor or, um, some of the family members that I have to take a look at them or, or send me feedback. I get here over and over again. These are called poems. Ah, ah. <laughs> I know, but kids, you know, <laughs> but that's, you know, it's like Billy is like, like a muse. There's like a template yes. Right? Yes. in the, in, in hearing his language and I would imagine and and the way you explain things to him some mm-hmm. kind of rhythmic um takeover right. and you know and so like that's like a keynote and I could see that inviting you know it's a muse it, mm-hmm. it will invite in that form 
that you've created. It's just so mystical, magical, wonderful. Right, right. And it and it does feel like a miracle that it just came, that it did that this was something I never planned for. It was nothing I never anticipated it. I I but I was open to it. But you were open to it. You did not uh, reject it, right? You just said, let it happen. Let it come. Right. Let it unveil. Let it unfurl. We love the word unfurl. Yeah. So the relationship between the end of the shopping centers because mm-hmm. of COVID, because of the George Floyd, Floyd riots, um, the relationship between that involvement exiting Mm-hmm. So it exited and created, you know, like they say, nature of force of vacuum. But did you feel it as this exited and then the Billy um, opportunity like filled? Like there was a relationship between those two, between the emptying, so the empty space and the the next presentation? I was actually concerned about that. Because I felt like I never really got a chance to mourn the loss of the business. And so I was, I was very concerned about that. And, um, and it would kind of stop me in my tracks sometimes. Like, oh my gosh, here I am burping a baby. And a month ago, I called myself a CEO, you know, and it, I missed. So there was not really, I did not miss the work, which was kind of, funny to me. I miss the people. I miss my staff. I miss the other people that I work with. I still talk to them. So it kind of, that vacuum was never really gone, but the whole, you know, working 23 years, building a business and building, I felt like I never really got to, to mourn. I didn't have time to mourn. There's part of me that thinks that's the way it was meant to be. I wasn't, I wasn't meant to, to sit here and have a pity party over it. I think there was always a part of me that knew it was temporary and that, and I always kind of made jokes that I never went to shopping centers except for work. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of felt a little bit like I was kind of a phony in that, that I wasn't really living my true self by, by marketing shopping centers. I just want to come back to the postpartum, um, the, um, the emotional feelings that went with that. Okay. And it makes sense to hear you say it this way, that it felt like there wasn't time for a, a formal mourning, right? And then you had this feeling of postpartum. It not so much baby oriented as the <laughs> loss of the 23 year old. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I think that's a really good point. I, and I, looking back on it now, I think you're right. I think that was part of the morning. Um, and that was the transition. And that those were the dark moments. And the the thing is, though, what would go through my mind wouldn't be, oh, I'm I'm feeling unfulfilled because I'm not working. That's not what was going through my mind. I think my the pity party that I was having was, 
good God, why couldn't I just have a normal daughter <laughs> who could take care of her own kids and I could just be the grandma, you know? <laughs> and so that I think that's where my pity party was was residing in is the heartbreak of not have of having my daughter completely be MIA when it came to raising her own child. And then you had your husband who was supportive during your transition. So mm-hmm. at least there was um, a, a person of a body that gave you some sustenance or some relief during all of this changing. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't have done it without him. Right. Without a doubt. You know, um, Anna, we have this um, subheading in our proposed chapters, and it's called um, the unintended path. <laughs> and so, so what I can imagine is that we'll have the transcript of this conversation, and then sort of there are so many um, like we have another chapter called disappointment and that chapter, but a segment of a chapter called disappointment as opportunities. Um, and then there's another segment called beginning again and again. <laughs> and so we're going to take this transcript and, 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 the, and this is really what we envisioned. The pieces of our conversations are not just going to be like, okay, and a story, but, those aspects of pathways, you know, I, I think I think you probably fit in all of them because that's right. That's right. Absolutely. What? Absolutely. Right. Like you know, like you're like the over the over. <laughs> she is. Overstory. I'm an overachiever. <laughs> the overstory because there's gifts, guidance, and grace. Yeah. And then there's twists and turns and art of of transition, the art of transition. And um, it's just amazing how, yeah, we can just check off like 90% of the things that we'll be writing about. You hit them all. So what? Yeah, and you're a real find. (laughs) (laughs) That's another unintended welcome opportunity. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So the fact that I know you two who are working on this, it's just, there's so much serendipity involved in this process. There really is. May I ask you how old you are? Yeah, I'll be, I'm 61. I'll be 62 in, uh, in April. Yeah. So I'll be about 80 when he graduates from high school. (laughs) I remember that you were in your 50s when we first met. You. Yes. Right? Yes. Right. And, you know, the I've had people say, well, aren't you old? <laughs> and, I say, you know, we discussed it. We discussed the, our age. And, you know, we, we big talk with my oldest son and said, you know, we may not make it this whole, you know, while he's a, you know. so um, we talked to him about being kind of our backup plan. And he's very close to Billy. But at the same time, we we decided to bank on love, not on fear. Yes. Yes. Um, decision. Excellent decision. And, you know, and and energetically that works. Yeah. And I was going to say that exactly because having this now a role that you have been in for two years, right? 
it changed your focus. It changed your direction. It changed your energy. Do you think that that has in some way sort of taken the age off the screen because you are the person that you need to be for this child Mm -hmm. as an artist now. So age, the age, the number is really irrelevant at this point. I I sometimes have to remind myself, you know, what our age is, (laughs) but at the, at the same time, I mean, I is having children earlier. I know the difference in our energy levels I think there's a part of me that's still the same mom who's kind of, I don't know, I I was asked several times, are you deaf? You know, because because I I was able to, to, you know, I've always been able to still live my life having children around. And, uh, And I think that what came into focus for me the clearest is that for the rest of my life, I'm always going to be surrounded by children. Mm. I've always kind of been one of those people that's like, what's my purpose? Yes. Yes. And I came to the realization that, I mean, my first job was at Casa de los Niños. And I've been surrounded by kids my entire life. And I feel, and I was a CASA, meaning a court-appointed special advocate volunteer for 10 years. So I've always spoken for those who couldn't speak for themselves, the, the children. And so I felt like, okay, well, this is, it's clear, clear as day now that I am always going to have children in my life. And that's kind of magical for me. That's, I've always, I have a sign here that my mom needle pointed and it says, my day is complete. I heard a child laugh. Oh, right. So is there any other comments that you would like to make, Anna? No, I think we've covered a whole bunch. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, thank you. It's, it's yeah. really, um, it's actually helped me um, gain even more clarity on it. There are times that it's just like, mind-boggling all of the things that have happened that have just kind of just flowed just just happened yeah and the narrative being able to communicate narratively (laughs) is in itself as you well know it's very helpful in, in settling everything down so i wish you great great um excitement and um with the mama lion and thank you yes (laughs) i can see that happening as well as the javelina family i mean they have such a community that goes along with them (laughs) can't wait to see that book oh thank you thank you (laughs) this is beautiful it's so sweet it's so inspiring and we're so grateful Yes. Oh, so this is a real gift for thank us you. as well. Yes. 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 <laughs> that's great. Well, well, that's this is all wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank Good. you. Big hug. Yeah. Please keep me posted. Oh, we definitely will. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Anna. Great no to problem. see you. Great to see you. 
This episode is brought to you by Bloom Talk Media, bringing useful and relevant information to light the pathway of your life. Discover more and connect with us at boomtalkmedia.com and please add your email to our mailing list. We'll keep you posted on our new releases as we continue to feature and honor the twists and turns of the human journey. Thanks for listening and traveling with us. Wow, what a saga. And how fascinating to be privy to a years-long process of believing life to be one way, then settling into another way, only to have it shift again to an entirely unexpected place. We especially loved how once Anna accepted her new reality, the world conspired to lend unimaginable support. So stay tuned for more stories about how others are navigating the twists and turns of their life journey and how their choices influence their destiny. Thank you for listening. And be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Boom Talk Media. See you next time right here. Thank you.